me a story. Something we've all said or heard in our lives. Stories bring us together around the campfire. Storytelling has earned its place as the most important tradition humans possess. The most important reason for this being that every story contains a lesson. Lessons to love, to forgive, to be just, and to strive for better than we have. They empower us, they lead us, they comfort us. Born in Alberta, raised in the backcountry, fishing, hunting, nature, the wild, all run thick in my blood. a Canadian boy, I had a similar dream to most other boys my age here, to make the NHL. When that dream was yanked from beneath my feet, how could I carry on? My story is full of hope, inspiration, joy, heartbreak, heartache, and resiliency. My name is Dana Lattery. I'm a fly fishing guide in southern Alberta, an ex-professional hockey player, and a storyteller at heart. Having spent the past decade guiding thousands of fly fishermen from all over the world, I've heard so many stories that paralleled mine. Stories of pain, brokenness, tragedy, from all different walks of life. The more time I spend with them, the more I realize that we all shared one common thread. Fly fishing saved our lives. Grab your favorite drink and join me on this journey as our story begins. Welcome back to another episode of Fly Fishing Saves Lives. I'm your host, Dana Lattery, and today I'm joined by a friend just north of me, uh, Chaz, welcome to the show, Chaz. Awesome. Thanks, Dana. Hello, everybody in the world of podcasting. And no, <laughs> you don't need to wear pants when you podcast from afar like this. Or shirts. Or shirts. We it can was, neither confirm or deny. But it was a question that we had to answer each other <laughs> if we were. <laughs> and no, we're not in the same room. That's just so everybody knows it. It's not weird it's like hilarious. that. So, Chaz, yeah, um, just a, a pretty cool conversation we're going to have today. And why don't you just kind of let everybody know who is Chaz and what does Chaz do and how does fly fishing or fishing come into your life? Oh, okay. Who is Chaz? Chaz, um, hello, everybody. I am... Uh, Man, I, I, I don't even know how to start or like I'm a fly fishing fanatic, blacksmith, journeyman, carpenter, construction manager. That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Um, yeah, uh, completely obsessed with all things, um, you know, environmental conservation, uh, recycling. Um, yeah, grew up all over all over Western Canada, pretty much. Uh, dad was a welder growing up. So we, I, I believe high school or junior high was the first time I was in the school for more than a year. So we moved quite a bit. Uh, when people say, you know, where are you from? I, I, I giggle because like I've lived in 26 different cities. Wow. So, you know, like the, you, you, you learn to like, you know, find stuff to do or, you know, growing up with making, making friends. And then like three months later or six months later, you're moving, you know? So yeah, I'm from Western Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when people ask me where, where I'm from, uh, Calgary was the first place I was at a, you know, a school longer than a year or two. So yeah, I like to say Calgary. Um, that's, that's who I am. Uh, been in the trades at a, since a young age, uh, journeyman carpenter by trade and, uh, obviously blacksmithing, uh, that came into my life, uh, 
years later but uh yeah it's it's kind of in a nutshell i can't mention myself like who you know who is chas i i'm a i'm a dad to an amazing son and a husband to an even awesomer person uh wife my wife carolyn so that's kind of it's kind of my whole world so what name a couple more cities you've lived in all right, Kamloops, Victoria, Vancouver, Calgary, Sherwood Park, Edmonton, Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, it keeps going, but uh, memory is short right now. And so, and you currently you're in Edmonton. Yeah, cur- currently in Edmonton. I uh, in 1999, uh, I met my sister's roommate, and my sister. Uh, was living in Edmonton and uh, met my sister's roommate and that was it stars aligned. And I was like, Oh, nice. Who's this, who's this chick? And that's your wife. We hope that's my wife, Carolyn. (laughs) Perfect. So you guys, you guys are living in Edmonton. You've been married for how long? Yeah. So uh, we met in 99. Uh, We've been married since 2005. So uh, seven years this year, Uh, we have an awesome kid. Um, Sorry, 2005, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, seven 15, years. 15 <laughs> years, man. Math is hard. Apparently. We uh, is, we we did this hard. we did this podcast in 2012, and we're just gonna put it out there. We, yeah, time yeah. Right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Traveled back in time. Back in time. Booth. So, Edmonton. Where did Edmonton, yeah. where did fly fishing like you know Edmonton's kind of more. Uh, north and uh, probably warm water species or, or lake fishing, uh, yes. bigger water with the North Saskatchewan. And now where, where did fly fishing come into your life? Fly fishing has been in my life since uh, Calgary. Um, I came across, I was downstairs in our basement when I was a kid and I came across this old teak. I still remember it. I still remember the smell. Um, it was this old teak box that was a rod box it smelled like old cedar on the inside and uh, it had rust not rusty but uh, tarnished old brass hardware i open it up and there's a fly rod a bamboo fly rod all handmade and uh uh like hand woven um eyelets and like everything was done by hand yeah and i asked my dad i'm like what is this he's like that's a that's a fly rod and i'm like fly rod what's a fly rod he's like well you know fly fishing pulls out this reel and on the reel everything is super old and dusty on the reel the line was actually like woven horsehair wow line so it was like super old i don't even know i can't remember the conversation where he got it or or i, I think he bartered it with something i don't know my dad yeah tr- whatever however he came upon it Uh, I found it. I was like, well, can you teach me? And he's like, sure. Um, I don't really know if he really knew (laughs) anything about fly fishing, but uh, cool story. Um, I was on Ghost Reservoir when I was a kid, figuring out this bamboo fly rod casting. And uh, this guy pulls up behind me. Like I was casting, you know what? when you come from Cochrane, that bridge right there, like yeah. right at the mouth. Yeah. I was casting kind of under the bridge and uh, just tossing a line and and uh, everything out there. And I, I think there was like a royal wolf on there or something. And uh, this guy, this, this old man gets out of this like 40 foot long, like four crown Vic, car that squeaked as it ran down the road he gets out of this thing as it squeaking and he stumbles down toward me and he's like um you're fly fishing and i said yeah i'm fly fishing and he's like you cast so beautifully hmm. do you mind if i take some pictures of you and i was like i don't even know how to cast i, I don't even know what i'm doing and he's like it looks like you're doing everything right you're not hitting stuff behind you and you're not getting cut up in the grass over there so he, he actually took pictures of me casting, really? um, which uh, I thought was, you know, I think about it now and maybe it was weird, but like back then, you know, I don't, I was, you know, that was quite a few years ago, but 
you know, like he wasn't weird to me, but yeah, I, I'll never forget that comment. Uh, he was super intrigued that I was casting uh, these, you know, 40 foot bombs yeah. under this bridge with a bamboo and horse, horse hair line rod, you know, like it's mm. pretty, pretty cool. It just made me feel, you know, like super awesome. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd, you'd kind of made it in, in whatever world. And yeah, <clears throat> I mean, casting is, it's an art form and it's a, it's definitely beautiful to watch somebody who can cast, cast. And now if you're getting into some <clears throat> bamboo rod and probably was a super slow action uh, rod. And I mean, those are pretty fun to cast too. Oh yeah. It was like slow and go. Yeah. Um, you know, back, back before the internet days, um, you know, I read, read a couple of books on how to cast and, you know, there was this book on, uh, with lefty crane is neoprene waders and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but I didn't really, you know, do anything with it. And I, I don't want to, I don't want the listeners to feel like I'm awesome at fly. I actually suck at fly fishing. We, the we all I suck. Get. We all so, suck. So, you know, like, um, it, it's a cool story. Um, um, about the bamboo rod and the guy taking pictures of me, but like, uh, you know, it just, it, it was so cool. And I remember the feeling like I, uh, I fly fished with that bamboo rod in the bull river. So many nights, like when I would come home from school, I would pedal my bike. Like we lived in Riverbend, yeah. and I'd pedal my bike all the way to, you know, like, uh, what, what's that park? Not fish Creek park. Um, I forget, I forget the, I forget the name of the park, but, uh, I'd fly, you know, like ride my bike down there and I'd fish a river. I never caught anything, but a bunch of grass. Ever. Well, that's, that is the bow river. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And, uh, so, you know, like, I don't want, I don't want the listeners to think like, Oh, listen to this guy. No, no. I, I suck at fly fishing guys. Like it's, it's, you just caught the attention quite comical. Of, a, of an older man in the crown Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> did he, did he have any candy? Was he? No, no, no. If it, it, it was just, it was, it was pretty cool. And like, I was, there was no wind that day. It was amazing. There was like nothing behind me except little patches of grass, but it, it was, it was cool. Cause I was like, it was the first time I was really bombing out big, long casts. Yeah. And you're right. The raw, like it was so slow. Like it was slow motion. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so from that's there, how, that's how I was introduced to fly fishing. And so from there, you you get to spend time on the Bow River, which we all know can uh, not be the place for for new people to go gain confidence. And oh uh, yeah, I, I didn't catch anything. Yeah. So so where do you, so what keeps you in it? Like why do you keep fly fishing? What you know? What's your next? Where's where's the next place you move? And where's the next place that you take your bamboo fly rod? Okay, excellent question. So, uh, fly fishing kind of stopped or paused for me as life gets on. I, you know, you get into the trades, um, you start working, work consumes everything. You meet you meet a pretty brown eyed girl um, that consumes your life, and then uh, you, you start having a family. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where, where I picked up the fly rod again. Like I, I, I gear fished, um, a little bit here and there on camping trips or, or, or whatever, like nothing, nothing too obsessive. Um, but, uh, you know, Carol and I, we had, we had our child, uh, you know, it's a boy and, uh, six years later, or some six years. Oh my god, um, math is hard. Apparently, yeah, for Chas, it's, it's not. What, it's not. It's not. Tell your us thing. about Chas. Math is hard, and I'm a construction and that's manager. The end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we we had a kid, and uh, you know, six months later, we're kind of you know, Carol and I. It's it's our first kid, and we're looking at each other like he's not smiling. He's crying a lot. He's crying and then sleeping. He's you know, like, sleeping, crying, like. I get it. Everybody out there rolling their eyes. Like that's what kids do. That's what yeah. babies do. They cry and they sleep. But this was, this was 
not normal crying. Um, so, you know, like we kept going to his first pediatrician, what's going, like, what's going on? Like, he's not, he's not even smiling. He's not even really looking at us. His eyes are kind of, they can't focus on any one thing. You can tell like, there's nothing really going on here. What's, what's up. And Mm -hmm. the doctor, his pediatrician is just giving us the old, yeah, you guys are first time parents. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. Oh, look, he's gained, he's gained two pounds since last month or, Mm -hmm. or last week or whatever it was. And, uh, my wife, uh, is just like, no, you know what? I don't accept that. I'm going to get a different pediatrician. So, so, um, so this is at six months, six months old. Yeah. Yeah. Six months old, crying, sleeping, crying, sleeping, crying, sleeping and more crying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we went to a different pediatrician, um, which is Nolan's pediatrician now, but yeah. He, he puts him on the table and he starts poking at him and does what doctors do, push around on the belly and, you know, d- do this stuff. And, and, and then, uh, Nolan kind of jumped and then, and then he screamed and then he went to sleep all, while on the table. And the doctor was like, Hmm, I'll, uh, I'll be right back. And Carol and I are sitting in the doctor's office. We're like, oh, okay, that's that's weird. Like, uh, here, here we go. Another doctor's going to tell us, you know, like, ah, oh, you guys are just, you, you, you're being new parents. Like, yeah. you, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Your kid's fine. And he comes back in, and he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to alarm you guys, but there's something seriously not right with Nolan, and we have to admit him today, and we're, we're going to figure this out together. Really? And like, oh, instant waterworks. Like, like, so typical dad, like we're, we're both sitting there holding hands, you know, Nolan's in his, in his car seat, um, crying. And, uh, you know, the doctor's telling us news. I, I go instantly white. Um, and, and my wife starts crying and we're like, what is, what is happening? And then, uh, that sent us down the, the rabbit hole of, of uh trying to figure out what was going on with nolan so in in the end we we found out like it took um well just yeah so <clears throat> there's a lot to <laughs> there's a lot of unpack. emotion yeah and um i mean i'm i'm hearing the story for the first time right now and it's like it's, it's hit me because um yeah you're six months in and you know for you guys it's you know, what's going on? This might not be normal. You've been told it's normal. And then within like 10 seconds, a doctor comes back in and says, Hey, it's not, this isn't normal. And like, I mean, as a, as a dad and it's a boy, you know, your words about five minutes ago, that's pretty, yeah. Oh man, this is, this is going to be my adventure buddy. This is going to be my fly fishing buddy. This is going to be, you know, we're going to be attached to the hips. we got all these big plans and then you hear there's you know this isn't normal yeah so you you you're you're in shock like it's instant shock right and and what do what do dads usually do dads either fix things or they get angry because well, <laughs> you're angry cuz we can't fix them and and that makes yeah. us look we feel inferior and it's uh yeah challenges our manhood we can't fix it so you're not you're not the man we thought you were yeah totally so So, yeah what 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 happens next like where where do they take them what do they do for tests like how yeah so we uh we we got a room he he when he left the room and he was gone for not very long like maybe 10 15 minutes he came back in the room gave us the news and then within I'm going to say a half hour after dropping a bomb, uh, we were up, we were admitted and we had a, like a hospital room and, uh, you know, on, and then the next, I would say few days, I, I, I honestly, um, I call those years in the beginning with Nolan, I call, well, Carolyn and I, we call them survival mode. So it's actually pretty hard to remember what actually, you know, like 
transpired totally. for timelines just because you're 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 surviving like totally. your basic survival um mode that's mm-hmm. that's how we kind of explain it but yeah no so, it, it totally makes sense so so you're up in this hospital room and blood tests and skin tests and and hair samples and poke and prod and you know tubes and wires sticking out of your kid and you know like you're nobody prepares you for that no how, how nobody do you? nobody prepares you for for sitting there helplessly while your kid is a pin cushion to try and figure out what the heck is going on and uh so that's you know that's that's why we call it survival mode but um, eventually, um, we were talking to a neurologist and, uh, Nolan was doing one of his screaming things and, you know, the neurologist is looking at his eyes going and he's like, you know what, let's, let's, let's do an EEG here and, and figure out what's going on in the old, the old noggin. And, uh, you know, Nolan has the, this, this cap, this, this tight looking old leather rugby looking hat that they put on him and they bunch of wires sticking out of everywhere mm-hmm. and he's laying in the bed and he's doing his screaming thing and you know carol and i we're exhausted we're, we we haven't even gone home i don't even remember the last time we showered yeah. we're just sitting there you know just in a, in zombie survival mode and uh he, the neurologist comes back in the room and he's like um yeah i i regret to inform you Nolan has infantile spasms and we're like, what's, what's that? And, uh, he's like, it's a super rare form of epilepsy. And we're like, okay, epilepsy. Okay. Seizures. Okay. Manageable. Um, yeah. Yeah. What can we do? And he's like, well, it's, it's pretty rare. Um, the life expectancy, expectancy is really unknown um the treatment is really unknown um we'll we'll try and try and stop the seizures so we'll rewind back to when he was first born and uh nolan would flinch a lot like you know like a a young baby like if you make a loud noise they like jump yeah do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, they almost startle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, Nolan yeah. was doing that every five seconds and then either crying or sleeping, which we found out that day that was a seizure. So mm-hmm. Nolan was having 300 to 600 seizures a day. <sighs> and, uh, with, with this type of epilepsy, it was actually, you know, it was cause causing brain damage. Um, there's the, the science I'm, I'm doing bunny ear quotes, but the science still out, it, you know, like if it causes pain, like your pain, mm-hmm. uh, interceptors in your brain too. So like, there's a lot of stuff happening in that little dude. And my world was rocked right there when he's like, you, you know, like when you have to ask the doctor, I, I still remember choking on the words when you have to ask the doctor, what is the life expectancy of my child? Yeah. It, it tears you. It, it tears your soul. I can't, I can't even begin to explain like how I muttered those, like Carolyn was so stricken with, with grief that mm-hmm. she couldn't even speak for, you know, a couple of days. And I'm asking the doctor, like how long, like what's the life expectancy of my son? And you know, we just sat like I remember the doctor and the resident left the room and we just sat there. We just sat there, you know, holding Nolan's hand and, you know, that there he is having a seizure. And, and now we know it's seizures. We're like, well, there's another seizure and we're doing nothing about it. Like, like it was just frustrating. It was painful. It was it was all the emotions. And, uh, you know, eventually they got some kind of med concoction. Um, so we, you know, like we were doing steroids, we were doing, uh, Vigabatrin, we were doing, um, 
Capra, weird. Like we, there, there was like I think he at one point he was on 13, 13 meds Jeez. to try and get his seizures under control. But uh, eventually we slowed them down. Um, to this day, Nolan still like his epilepsy is not under control, mm-hmm. um, but it's considered under control enough that you know he he's not having you know six hundred seizures a day. He's only having maybe one a week or oh, one wow. every three months. It, de- it, it depends on, you know, it depends on a lot of stuff that we've learned along the, along the way. And uh, so you go through this, you know, you go through this in the beginning with no, with Nolan. And then, you know, with, with the, the West syndrome, the infantile spasms that he has, you know, it just came with a whole extra binder of stuff. Okay. You know, like, Hey, listen, he doesn't swallow properly and um, he's going to have a lot of pneumonias and he doesn't, he can't eat. He's going to have to eat through a tube. And oh, by the way, um, he can't breathe properly. You're probably going to have to maybe get a trach. And like there was all this, like, it's just complete shock as you're going through this. And that's why Carolyn and I call it, you know, zombie survival mode because you're just, you're, you're trying to, figure out what life is going to be like because we all have a perception of what life is supposed to be like Mm -hmm. and what you know like my expectation of having a boy is going to be this and Mm -hmm. we're going to play soccer and we're going to you know like we're going to fish we're going to adventure we're and then it's like no actually you're going to spend the first you know, four years of your son's life in and out of the stallery, um, fighting for his life. Hmm. And it's just, it's, it's gut, gut wrenching, but you know, you get to experience the extremes in life when you go through something like that. So you get to experience, you know, the extreme low, like, I don't, I don't know if you call it like, I don't know if you can call it depression, but I'm going to call it depression of normalcy, you know, especially as a man who yeah. never talks about their feelings. Yeah. Um, you, you, you go through this, like, this angry, angry mode. And I reverted. I, I like, I didn't pack my shit, or sorry, stop. I didn't pack my stuff and, and, and leave, you know, like, that's actually a pretty common thing for people who have special needs kids, the dad doesn't stick around, but really what I, what, yeah, what I did do though, is, uh, I dove into work. So I started working like ridiculous hours, like five in the morning till 11 at night. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like just seven days a week. And that was my way of dealing with it. Like Mm -hmm. just being away from home and, and working, you know, thinking that I'm doing something, good other than sit around and you know wallowing or you know however you want to put it but um well it's it's a it's a common coping strategy whenever there's trauma the body tries to shut it like and you've talked about it in the the zombie survival years and that the 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 body tries to shut that out and say hey just keep working it doesn't it's not it doesn't exist and when you got to go home and see it, it becomes reality. And so, you know, it's, it's not that you were a bad person or you held, uh, dealt with it terribly. It's how do you, what do you like? I, I encourage a listener out there to tell me what they would do different. Cause we don't know, like, and I know it's, it's one thing Janine constantly says, um, every day in, in her gratitude journal is that she's just thankful for her children's health. And knowing that that's something that at six months, you guys were challenged on every single level with Nolan's, you know, stuff that he was going through stuff that you guys were going through. Um, I, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't, I, I live it and I can't even imagine. <laughs> you know the, like the the power of the human mind to yeah. shut things out so th- 
what do they tell what do they tell you at six months for life expectancy like what what is the normalcy for for nolan's condition so it, it's it's super spectrum right um that's the thing about nolan's infantile spasms is um some kids there's just not enough research out there but some kids have infants infantile spasms and they can still function mm-hmm. they might you know, they might have special needs in another way, but they can still function. Um, there's other kids where it's super hard on the body um, and it's it, it requires, you know, a lot of work, 20, 24 hours a day care. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually those kids don't live as long. That's mm-hmm. that's what we were told. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what I tried to get out of them is like, give me a day. I need I need to know if there's a year, if there's like, I need to know that. And they're like, we can't tell you because it's just, it's, it's so rare. We don't know. Yeah. The Um, uncertainty has just got to be overwhelming. So, um, the one doctor we did, whether he meant to or not, the one doctor was like, well, you know, three years old is probably the max, maybe five that Nolan will survive just because of lung issues and, and all, all the stuff that comes with it, like all the complicated things. And uh, so when we heard that, you know, we, we went into like super drive and we're, you know, what about this that fixes seizures? And what about that that fixes seizures? And what if we try this? And what, wh- why don't you guys suck all the marrow out of yeah. my body yeah. and try and like, like what, what can I, I'll give him like, what if, what if we transplant like my liver Would that, would that do, you know, like you're starting to yeah, go how, down how this rabbit hole of, of, of trying, like I would give, I would give everything of me to, in order for him to not feel pain anymore, everything. But, and but uh, Chaz, Chaz, think about it. You guys, you guys are giving him everything. And I'm not trying to fast forward the story, but <clears throat> you you are, man. Like you I I I I see what you guys do for him. I see the lifestyle that you've brought him into, which we'll get into, but it's like you you are. You you need to give yourself credit. And Caroline, it's like you guys are doing everything. You guys are, you know, I I know there's a let me give them my my liver, my kidneys. What do I? What can I give them in 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 that level? But it's like, it's it's pretty special what who you guys are and what you do for Nolan. Yeah, you you know like, yeah, I, I'm. You you get to a point where it becomes normal, and you realize what can you give your son or your child is time. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that's what you come, like, you almost have to live it. And then you, you come to this moment where you're, you're trying all these experimental drugs on him and nobody really knows if they're working. And, you know, one day Carol and I looked at each other, we're like, okay, uh, enough, enough, but let's start from square one. Um, let's, let's, let's start talking about quality of life, not fixing a life Mm. what's the best life for nolan so throughout this journey um you know i it was really hard for me to digest so you know i've always kind of wrote or just jotted stuff down and you know felt like i needed to share but what i did realize is there's not a lot of content for dads out there now again kids with special needs Um, especially kids who require extra care, like 24 hours care, mom and dads usually don't stay, stay together. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard on the relationship. It's hard on the conceptual, like just conceptual working as a team or a partnership. Um, Cause there's times where you feel selfish. You feel, you know, know, like I I need some downtime. And uh, if, if you're not truly aren't honest with your teammate. So that for me, that's Carolyn if you're not honest with them, like she is with me and I am with her, 
you're you're not going to you're not going to make it through like you got to be completely honest and open and and sometimes um you you just got to sit there and listen there's yeah. no fixing it and uh so we came to the realization quality quality of life for nolan and what does that mean well i like to do this stuff so nolan is going to get to do this stuff and uh, I would say that's when we really started to fish quite a bit or be outside camp, like just outside. Like he's always with me everywhere we go. Um, anybody who's listening, uh, CBD oil works. Um, huge life improvement hmm. for uh, 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 anybody. And uh, like we started CBD in 2017 and he went from, you know, I would say 10 to 20 seizures a week to, you know, one a week or one every three months, like instantly. Wow. So, so we found, <laughs> we found, you know, a plant yeah. that, that doesn't have, doesn't have any harmful side effects. Man, you should see some of the side effects on the drugs he was on. Wow. Right now he's currently on uh one, two, three. He's only on three, including C B D to control his seizures. Hmm. Where we were at like thirteen. That's incredible. So um C B D works. <laughs> for for, <laughs> you, for you heard it here first. Well probably didn't yeah. hear it here first, yeah. but I mean that's <clears throat> That's that's pretty crazy to to think something can drastically, um, you know, not not to get into the whole pharmaceutical money yeah. dollars and stuff, but we kind of all know where that goes. But yeah, so oh yeah, so let's. Um, I mean, all of a sudden you realize that this is uh, let's fixate on the quality of time together. Yeah. And so enter fishing. Yeah. And then and so all of a sudden enter fishing. Yeah. The bamboo rod enters your world again. Yeah, it totally did. Um, even though I didn't have a bamboo rod, uh, I did have a really nice uh dragonfly graphite rod. Yeah. Um I was almost late for my own wedding day. Um I was <laughs> fly fishing just off of Pyramid Lake and we got married on the island at Pyramid Lake. And my buddy was sitting there and he's like, dude, what time do you get married? I was like, 12. And he's like, it's 1110. <laughs> I'm like, uh, gotta go. We're all the way down the mountain. Like we got, we got a cook and book, bud. Huh. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's fly fishing's always been there. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always tried to squeak it in where it could. I think, and then, uh, I think it just you know, we, we, shows up in a, um, and just in talking with other people and talking with many people on the boat all the time, it's just like the the thing is is like fly fishing's always there, but it's like it's like this this sensei, I guess if for lack of a better term, that just sits there and waits for you to come and ask, um, you know, show me your ways. Well, what's next? Out. Or yeah, like yeah, you know, it doesn't go away, but it's sitting there waiting. And as you go through this stuff with Nolan. Um, I, I think Nolan's 14, am I correct? Yeah, you betcha. So, I, I mean, there we are saying two or three years at the most. Um, I know Nolan takes a lot of um, care from you guys, and that's a full-time job. Um, and so, so it's like, okay, quality time, we're going fly fishing. And uh, I, I guess just kind of explain um, – Nolan, like what he's capable of right now and just kind of how you've explored. Um, we can talk about your jet boat you got built and just stuff like that and, and things you get to do with Nolan fly fishing. Yeah, sure. So last year, I'm going to flash forward um, to last year. So with Nolan having this type of epilepsy and being like, he's been in a wheelchair his whole life mm -hmm. and being in a wheelchair with no muscle tone, he got really bad scoliosis, like super bad. Like the surgeon uh, who repaired his back said it was the worst he's ever seen. And that's uh, curvature of the spine? Curvature of the spine. Not only did he have 
120 degree curvature from top of neck to middle of back. Mm. He also had from middle of back to lower back, 180 degree rotation. So he was basically curved, collapsed lung sitting on his kidneys and liver. Um, so that's painful. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, last year, my wife and I, like, we knew he had to have major surgery, um, probably since about eight or nine, but we held off and we held off and we held off, you know, like, ah, he's not strong enough. Ah, do we want to go through that? Ah, what's the risk? Ah, the risk is 50, 50. Mm-hmm. 50% your kid, like for Nolan, 50% your kid lives, 50% your kid doesn't live. Toss that coin. How do you make that decision? And uh, last last year, um, you know, actually in 2019, October 2019, he, he was just in so much pain. He couldn't, like the seizure, it wasn't the seizures anymore. It was just pain, his pain in his spine, his limbs were like, okay, he, he needs surgery we're going to do it. Um, and February 21st, 2020, he got a double instrumentation, full spine fusion. Hmm. So they take two steel rods on either side of the spine, bolt his back, uh, straighten them up. And the surgery took 12 and a half hours. Wow. Um, 12 and a half hours, three blood transfusions, so, um, major, major surgery. Um, I can't even explain what that's like. So there was, uh, right after surgery, um, Carolyn, Carolyn wasn't feeling well. And this is right when COVID really started to hit. Yeah. And, uh, so she wasn't feeling well. I was like, well, like you better go home. Cause the last thing Nolan needs is like, you know, COVID or even just a cold, like, yeah. so she, she went home. Uh, I stayed, I was worried about her. Uh, Nolan was doing, he was pretty stable and, uh, we're, I was sitting there talking to his nurse, uh, in the PICU, uh, PEDS ICU unit. And, uh, all of a sudden Nolan just stopped breathing, just, just stop breathing. And, uh, like it was, it was a complete shock. Um, the nurse chucked a bagger at me and he's like, start, start bagging him. And he was over at the, the IVs and he was like injecting like all this stuff. I don't even know if it was like, um, adrenaline and yeah. like, I, I, I don't know what was going on, but he had like 12 IVs in him. And, uh, you know, after like an hour, Nolan was finally breathing on his own again the nurse is looking at me and I guess I was just completely white. And he's like, dude, are you okay? Like, do you want me to get you supper? Do you want like, what do you, the, the nurses in the PEDS ICU are hands down the strongest individuals I've ever met. And uh, this guy, Bradley shout out to Bradley. If he ever listens, um, you know, just a phenomenal human being. He's like, well, go sit down. I, I got Nolan. He's fine. Just, just, just go sit down. And I was sitting there and um, I had this epiphany. You know what? People need to hear Nolan's story. Yeah. I'm doing a documentary. <laughs> so my Carolyn comes up like, I, I don't know where it came from, dude. I was just sitting there and that's, that's the voice that spoke to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Carolyn comes in like the next day or a couple days later, she was starting to feel better. Uh, it was just a cold. And, uh, you know, that and a mountain of stress that she was under. Um, but uh, she comes in and I'm sitting there like a zombie, haven't slept in four days, five days. And uh, I'm like, guess what? I'm just I'm just super hyper and super, you know, like when you haven't slept in days, you get to this point where you're like, you're just like on speed or something. I don't know what it is, Yeah, but uh, I'm like, guess what? We're doing a documentary. We're going to film this. We're going to do that. We're going to do it about how Nolan goes fly fishing. And, and so she's like, what is wrong with you? That's the first thing out of her mouth. She's like, what is wrong with you? We're not, no, 
no, we're not doing this. Like, are you insane? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was determined. <laughs> so uh, we we did we did we ended up doing a documentary last summer. It's twelve minutes. Yep. Uh, we're gonna release it February twenty first, which is a year after his major surgery. Yep. But uh, you know what came with that? Um, well, we love fishing, right? Like, yeah. It, it it's absolutely saved our lives in a family thing we get to do together and it gets Nolan on the water. And the biggest issue is he's in a wheelchair, right? So getting mm-hmm. on the water is pretty difficult. Like you're either slugging through mud, especially on the North Saskatchewan, you know, like it's not the nicest banks you can yeah. wheel up to. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're, we're fishing kind of on the river and we're seeing all these jet boats rip by. And I'm like, man, that'd be so awesome. And uh, I started talking to a jet boat manufacturer in Edmonton, uh, Explorer Industries. I'm like, hey, my son's in a wheelchair. How, how, do, how do we make it accessible? And we went back and forth through design, and I worked with him like over, over a year. And we got a jet boat made for Nolan around his wheelchair. That's and cool. uh, has a ramp on and off. And um, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. So now Nolan has like water legs he can go anywhere yeah i mean what what a world open to you guys as a family to just so kind of get away from uh the stress the the compounding stress of you know of everything and just to to get to take nolan to our happy place the river yeah fly fishing um, you know, I, I get to see the pictures and the videos that you post and, um, you know, just, just this, this euphoric he, look he has on his face when he's out on yes. the river and that's, you could just see it in his eyes and it's just, it's magic. It's, it's literally, it is. it's, you talked about the quality of time and there it is. It's, it's accessibility, yeah. uh, putting Nolan's needs ahead of your guys's but knowing the need to fly fish is is for everybody and it does save your life and it changes your life and it i mean what a summer you guys had yeah it was a beautiful summer so we had a fixed spine um it didn't get rid of 100 percent of the pain but we had dialed it back 98 percent fantastic and uh so now we have this beautiful child who can sit uh, for more than 10, 15 minutes. Now he can sit almost all day. Um, and we're in a boat ripping up and down the water. Um, you know, just, we, we found out when he was young, he really loved being on water and boats. Like we rented a pontoon boat and he, he like instantly just relaxed. And I don't, I don't know what it is about water. Nolan is made to be on the water. I, th- so, I think we all. I think it's it's like a it's a spiritual magical thing that feeds our soul. It, it being on the water. Yeah. yeah, I it just you know like honestly fly fishing. Eat. So how we fly fish with Nolan? Like he can't hold anything. Mm-hmm. So we put a rod holder on his chair, and what I do is I cast the rod out. And then I put the rod in the rod holder and then we just kind of drift with his oh, yeah. rod and he smokes some pretty big fish on <laughs> his, on his rod. And, um, we, we've, we haven't landed one with him yet. Um, I, well, yeah, we have like in a lake, but not yeah. on the, not yeah. on the North Saskatchewan, but, um, we're still, we're still waiting, but, uh, he, he loves it, man. Like fly fishing, and this is this this is why I'm you know anybody knows me I I can either be totally overbearing and and you know like obsessive but I I just get super passionate about everybody needs to fish mm-hmm. everybody has the right to fish that's where that's a place I'm coming from mm-hmm. and you know like fly fishing is just such a form of connecting with everything around you. Yeah, Whether you catch yes. a fish or not, it doesn't matter. No. It's the experience of you in nature, in rhythm. That's why fly fishing is such a beautiful thing. You're in nature, in your own rhythm with her. Yeah. And and 
<clears throat> like you said, it it it's it is for everybody. It's uh, we've touched on it many times in the podcast and touched on it many times in guided days with people on the river. And it's just like it it it's this thing. It, it does not discriminate the fish. They do not care. They don't care. They don't care where you are, who you are, uh, what your bank statement says, uh, what what's the color of your skin, what the religious background you are. Um, they take it at face value, and that's the the one of the coolest things that I find about fly fishing is it just it's you go, you find your rhythm with the river. And you do your thing, and once you get in sync with it, magic happens. And magic, it you can't even you can't even put words to the way it heals you. No, no. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Like, it's I do. Super difficult. Like I, I hats off to you know yourself, Dana and and Tim, and you know the rest of the crew. Like you guys are just an amazing group of people that get it. And it's so nice to to meet people who understand, you know, where my super like maybe I am super over passionate about stuff, but no, you know, like I've also experienced don't ever apologize for that. That <laughs> that is an elixir that more people need to to take on. Yeah, I I just you know, whether it's blacksmithing in the shop with Nolan or, or we're on a river somewhere. Just, just being with him, you know, and like most of our focus as a family is around fly fishing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we tie flies. We, we talk about flies. We've read the Orvis book to guide to fly fishing yeah. a bazillion times. Like it's, it's part of our lives. It's who we are. It's what we do. And, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's an amazing life to give Nolan, give yeah. him everything. Yeah. The- the coolest thing, and like I said at the start, is <clears throat> getting to hear the full details of the stories. Um, you know, I, I know what I see. We all know what we can see. And oftentimes on social media, the the, the life that people portray is very curated. Um, they, mm. they leave out a lot of the realness. Um, one thing I do say for you, uh, just, you know, kind of, We've kind of got to get to know each other in the past three or four months, like really, um, yeah. you know, been following the story and the journey for a while and it's super inspiring. The The cool thing is, is just getting to talk to you a few times and, you know, here on the podcast is uh, you guys have every right to be absolutely bitter as hell because if, you know, you laid the cards on the table and said, here's the card you're going to get. Um, I don't think too many people would have the incredible spirits that you guys have, the, the, the positivity. Every time I talk to you, it's, I, I leave there feeling inspired and I'm just like, that's cool because sometimes when there's something going wrong in my world and poor me, um, you know, somehow Instagram shows me your feed and it's like, there's Nolan and you guys are sitting out on a a fire on your on your driveway or you guys are forging some steel in the in the garage and it's just like it puts things into perspective um and it's powerful and i and i need you to know that is that 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 stuff's contagious um i appreciate what you said about about our group i think the magic is that when people truly can be themselves you will attract other people, like-minded people, and and you grow a community. And it's uh, pretty awesome to have you and Nolan and Carolyn a part of a part of this community. It's it's awesome. I, I I appreciate you. I appreciate your journey, your your honesty. Um, it, it fires me up, man. Fire in my belly, and it and it gets me excited to just be a better person uh, because of you guys. Oh man, I appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to do a super shameless plug right now. Um, but you know, my journey as a dad dealing with this stuff, cause I never had an outlet. Uh, I started a page years ago called dads who matter on Facebook. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, I encourage anybody who, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, whether your child is, I'm doing bunny ears, quote, normal or not yeah, normal. Yeah. Every, every dad deals with stuff different. Um, I don't, I don't have a girl. I have an awesome little dude. I can't imagine what it's like having a girl. And, uh, but if, <laughs> if you want to, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you want to just go check out, you know, dads who matter and, and, and see, you know, like I'm pretty honest on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if you feel like you need, uh, you know, just to listen to another dad talk about what it's like. And I, I'm pretty open and honest on that page. Um, so if, if anybody listening wants to go check out dads who matter, hundred percent, that's where we're going to release our documentary too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So dads, dads who matter, who matter. And that's on Facebook and yeah. February 21st. Is, Save the date is the release date. What what date is that? Is that a Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One time. Well, it's gonna be on there, so I guess it's not one time only. But <laughs> we should. Uh, yes, Sunday, February twenty first. So yeah, anybody who wants to check that out, a hundred percent. Chaz, I again like super pumped. I don't think it was by. Um, happenstance that our paths crossed and I think um, you need to know that I appreciate you and I appreciate your journey I appreciate you being open and honest about it I appreciate your positivity your support Um, you know even though I don't get to see you on Thursday nights and you get to see us but it's uh, you know it's like having your best buds there hanging out for our our fly tying night and um, super look forward to uh, February 21st, and we get to watch the full 12 minutes of the story, and probably a lot of things we talked about here will be there in in the motion picture sense. Um, I know you're you're super excited and passionate for people to see it. So anybody who is curious more, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Dads Who Matter, uh, all the ways that people can reach out to you, and and maybe there's people out there who are going through a very similar situation, but maybe it's the six month stage for them right now. And they're just getting this, uh, devastating news. And I, I know you're open and willing to talk with people. Um, so maybe someone's out there going through that and they just think that their world's falling apart and, and rightfully so. And I think your story is empowering for other people in that situation, people with special needs to know that, yeah, you can get them out there. You can take them fishing. And, you know, seeing the joy on Nolan's face when he is going fishing is probably just as powerful as the the CBD oil that's making a big difference in his life. Oh, yeah. You, you know, like, and I've said this a million times. Um, my, my mission in life is for other people to hear this story, not for my own ego or or whatever i want people to hear nolan's story so they feel inspired that they can do something with their special needs kid and i'll throw it out there if you have a child in a wheelchair and i know what it's like to struggle with accessibility mm-hmm. i will take you fishing yeah i'll 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 draw i don't care where you are it's not going to cost you guys anything we'll figure out a time and a place whether it's on a lake or on a river i will come and meet you and we will take your kid fishing because every kid deserves to go fishing every kid that's unbelievable figure it out together yes well again that's fantastic and i know that uh there's always one that's kind of my goal in the podcast is that each episode can just touch one person's life. And, uh, again, thanks for sharing. Um, I appreciate it a thousand percent. It's not easy kind of going on this. It would be better if we could do this in person. Um, but I guess this is where the COVID world leads us is to these telephone calls. But, uh, and yet we have yet to actually meet face to face. So I, I have weighed that day too. Oh man, hugs. There's going to be big hugs. Absolutely. So 
Well, I'm Dana Laddery, and this is Fly Fishing Saves Lives. And if you have a story that you would like to tell, if uh, Chaz's story has touched your life, and um, you know you've got something to share with me, I would love to tell your story and create some space for you guys here on this podcast. And uh, until next time, I love you guys. <laughs>